It's Thursday. That means we got past hump day. That's a good thing. And uh, we want to play a a little bit of music today in honor of Seth Mays today. (laughs) Go ahead. Hit it there, Heidi. Seth, if you want to sing, you can. No, I think we're all better off not. There you go. Like Marilyn Monroe singing that uh, John Kennedy. Oh, you know, yeah. so. <laughs> Boy, you're taking us back even further. That was like 1961, <laughs> maybe 62. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Right. Classic moment. Classic <laughs> it was, moment. It was a classic moment. And now that we know all the history around that classic moment, uh, you know, Messing around with other women when you're married, right? You know what can I tell you? Probably not the first president. You know, to you know that, that they category. filled in the White House swimming pool after right, Kennedy after was him. killed right. <laughs> right. because of what went on in the swimming pool. Right? Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, so, see that that's what's interesting about journalism then and journalism now. That was never ever reported. Yep. By the journalists. I remember talking to, to Helen Thomas about that. Now, that's going back a little bit for you all, but Helen Thomas was kind of a mainstay at the White House press corps. Uh, I think she worked uh, She worked for UPI, so she did. I don't think... Does UPI even exist anymore? I think they went out of business. Uh, I think it's only AP now. But the uh, UPI, United Press International. But uh, I asked her about that one time. And in that smoke-tinged voice of hers, you know, yeah. you know, and, and all the bourbon she had drank over her lifetime, uh, she said, we would have never, ever reported on that. And I said, well, what do you think about now? She goes, I hate it. Yeah. Oh, they'd have been all over it today. You oh, know, my like, Lord. They'd had pictures. Yep. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. They, they would have had video. Somebody, somebody would have recorded it on their phone and posted it on the internet. Yeah. That's what would have happened. But anyway, that was back in a far simpler and easier time. Mm-hmm. And JR, you never would have had to worry if the, if you had worked with John F. Kennedy of them ever saying anything about what was going on in the White House swimming pool. Were you aware of that? Hey. I, I I wasn't uh, aware. I'm still sort of trying to wake up this morning. But I think it's <laughs> happy birthday, to Seth! Well, thank you, you. Thank you. How old are you, Seth? Today is 25, a quarter century. Good grief. 
you know, getting up there. Old wow, now, man. I feel. So. 25 no, times feel, around the sun. Old. I feel old because you said that. So, <laughs> that. That's, now, so how, how old are you? Uh, I've, never, I've never even asked that question. Are, are, are you, have you broke 30 yet? Me? Yeah. Yeah, and now I'm not going to answer you because now I'm going to disappoint you. <laughs> so. Might impress us if it's up there too high. You know? Well, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to de- depress both of you. But where I'm at is where you're going. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the way it works. All right. So the Ukraine, some interesting things happening over in the Ukraine. Are you both familiar that yesterday? Uh, they urged Western allies to show they were prepared to punish Moscow with new sanctions, including kicking Russia out of the global SWIFT payment system to deter the Kremlin uh, Kremlin from resorting to more military force against the Ukraine. If people haven't been following this, uh, Russia has been massing along the Ukrainian border and a lot of people have been wondering, uh, Obama sent them blankets. Uh, <laughs> the president, former President Trump sent them, you know, tone missiles to take out heavy artillery. So uh, that it's going to be interesting to see, will they use that if Russia thinks that they can mobilize? Well, and we're relying, too, as you noted, Dave, of course, Crimea was annexed under in the former Obama administration and who was there and later put as the point man for Ukraine, we, of course, know was Joe Biden, now president. And so, you know, this could be sometimes, and I say sometimes, it's really often, the moments that define a presidency are not the ones you ran on, right? Joe Biden ran on, I'm not Donald Trump. And so that, you know, really isn't even a factor now because by essence of being in the White House, you've kind of accomplished what you ran on, I guess, if that was the only thing. When George W. Bush ran for the presidency, he said we ought to come back home. We ought to focus on domestic policy that that Bill Clinton was going around the world just trying to, you know, be everybody's policeman. And ironically, of course, 9-11 really changed the way that he, you know, viewed the world. So I think foreign policy could definitely be a defining moment of the Biden administration. So much COVID relief, quote unquote, infrastructure has been, you know, it's been a heavy domestic policy on the front end. But wasn't it Bob Gates who said that Joe Biden has been wrong on every foreign policy decision? That's what he life? said. He opposed the Reagan military buildup that led to the end of the Cold War. He opposed H.W.'s coalition in the first Gulf War. He was against the Iraq War at first, which by his own admission he calls a mistake. And then he opposed the surge, arguably the only successful part of the but endeavor. There's, there's something that's even bigger than that. Hit me. He He opposed going in and getting bin Laden. Yeah, that's that's true. That's uh, you know Hillary Clinton told us that she favored it and he opposed it. Yeah, you know, and and by his own admission, he was always the last person in the room with the president when it came to you know big decisions. So you're right. I had forgot about that one. That's a very good point. That's so uh, that's a huge one. People, you know, a lot of people voted for Biden just because they didn't like Trump's tweets. You got buyer's remorse yet? I think a lot of people do. I think a lot of people do now. What's your thoughts on this, Jr.? Let me just. Before you say anything, let me give you this quote. This came out Tuesday night. Zelensky, who's the Ukrainian president, should remember that name uh, because he said that phone call between him and Trump wasn't nothing special. Uh, Notice that nobody ever talks about it anymore. But Zelensky warned Tuesday night to the country 
that the country would, quote, stand to the last man, unquote, in the event of a war with Russia as the tensions continue to build along the border between the two nations. It's, it's always interesting to me. A president comes into office and suddenly something like this pops up and nobody was even thinking about it. So where do you think Biden is on, on all of this, Jr. Is he getting up and looking in the mirror and going, holy crap. I mean, is, do you think that that's going on with him and his advisors? Uh, I mean, you know, uh, something along those lines of holy crap. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think, you know, look, I, th- I think you, I mean, I think Seth, uh, nailed it. Um, you know, I, I think that you're exactly right. There's a lot of folks out there that voted for uh, Biden over Trump. Um, you know, some of it was just because they didn't like Trump. Some of it was because people actually thought Biden was, you know, the most, I guess, technically they're right. I mean, he was the most experienced guy in a long time to become president, but experience does not necessarily make you uh, presidential. And, and so I think what, uh, you know, uh, the track record speaks for itself, and, and I think that if there's if the past is any indication, um, that's what the future will hold. And, and I think that's kind of what we're seeing right now, as far as the foreign policy goes with uh, with the Biden administration. So, I mean, yeah, I think. And look, this is we're talking we're four months in, right? Uh, right. To, or three months in to to an administration, um, and and this is sort of something that's. Uh, I think still relatively kind of right off the bat. And so, you know, what I fear is what is the lasting imprint when it comes to foreign policy uh, over the next four years? And and I think we saw the kind of imprint that that Donald Trump had, uh, which was more pulling back and America first, that type mentality. And it is worrisome uh, as to what sort of commitments the Biden administration will get uh, you know, our country in over the next four years. And I'm not talking about commitments where, you know, war and things like that. I'm talking about where our taxpayer dollars are going, what sort of relationships we have, what sort of agreements we get into. Uh, I know, uh, uh, you know, the Iran agreement and everything that's happening now with us trying to get back involved with that. It's just, to me, that's the, that's the scary part is where, our country is positioned after four years of a Biden administration. Yeah. After what we've already seen. I agree. I agree. And yeah, what we've seen over what, how many years that he's been either a senator or congressman or, you know, now pre- vice president, president, you know, is that who you want at the top? That's, I asked that question from the very beginning. I really did. But uh, this thing with the Ukraine. It's something to take serious because, mm-hmm. you know, if they think that they can push this president around, it won't be just the Soviets that do it. Get ready for China. Right. And I, Jr. brought up a really important point, which is oftentimes when we think about foreign policy, we immediately think war. That's the first thing our minds yeah. go to. But so much is done with the stroke of a pen, you know, these days. And when we look at what was done internationally with a pen from the Obama years, uh, with the Iran deal, the Paris Climate Accord, those types of things. And then we look at... Uh, the accords, the Abrahamic accords under President Trump, and we're talking about peace deals. We're talking about getting out of the Iran deal, which was one-sided from the start. And right. so looking at the Biden... But we're going back into it again. Right, exactly. And so, and mixed messages on that, right? Tony Blinken, Biden's uh, Secretary of State, 
uh, it first said they weren't going to do the Iran deal. Now we are. Well, that's great. Sounds like everybody's on the same page, you know? No. So, Hold your thoughts, guys. We're going to come back. Got to get a break in. Uh, St. Clarity Residential Cleaning is ready to clean your home. Deep clean your home. You know, this kind of deep clean that when you walk in the house after they're done, you go, ooh, smells good in here. It smells clean in here. Well, you can have that for your house. If you got a home up to 2,500 square foot, uh, know that it's 300 bucks unless you go through us here at 101.1 and you can get 50% off. All you got to do is call 404-6560 after 9 and before 5 and talk to Chuck, and he'll set you all up with that. I need to talk to Chuck today and find out how many certificates we have remaining because uh, they've been going like hotcakes virtually flying out of the office so uh, for you who get a certificate you'll call them you'll have them come out to your house they'll look it over they'll talk to you about what you want what your what your ideas of deep cleaning are and then uh, they'll work out how they're going to do it with you and then about 10 days down the road they'll come in and Spend four or five hours at your house and get everything deep cleaned the way you want it. And then I think you're going to like it so much you want to keep them coming back at least, if not every other week, every month and continue cleaning the house for you. That's uh, St. Clarity Residential Cleaning, 50% off by calling 404-6560 after 9 o'clock. All right, so I I think we all agree that we're holding our breath and watching the Biden White House when it comes to foreign policy. Isn't it amazing that he ran on everything but foreign policy? And here it is. Foreign policy is a huge, huge area for any president, isn't it, Jr.? Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's something that, you know, when you go through the uh, campaign uh, for president, that's something that usually sets candidates uh, apart from each other is their foreign policy, not just their knowledge of it, but but experience as well. Um, you know, and that's something that you see in the debates on the latter uh, half of the campaign as well, that there's so many candidates prepare for is the foreign policy part of it. Uh, that's why we saw Bernie Sanders flounder uh, because he didn't have that foreign policy experience or the knowledge uh, over then, uh, you know, uh, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. Um, uh, our former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton in the 2016 campaign. So uh, it's a very, very big deal, uh, and candidates know that going into it. Um, and it can get you in the hot, it can put you in the worst type of predicament, uh, foreign policy, that is, once you become president. So, I mean, it's, it's a huge aspect. Domestic is something that, you know, we focus on, we, we read a lot about, that's sort of the day-to-day, but the things that can really uh, you know, put you put your presidency on a pedestal or throw it into the abyss is foreign policy, and I really believe that. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. I got a lot of different things to talk to you guys about. LeBron James making a fool of himself on Twitter yesterday uh, posted a picture of a police officer from Columbus, Ohio, who had killed a teenager, a black female teenager, 
and it said uh, the the tweet said you're next now he's pulled down that tweet but not before people took a lot of screenshots of it and and posted it here's the key and and it's something that people got to you got to get you got to get this into your mind it's just a small group of police officers that are rogue it's not all police officers and this police officer was called to the scene of a phone call about a woman stabbing other black women black kids in fact and it happened to be i think it was a 15 year old black girl that was knifing a bunch of other black girls this girl had a girl backed up i'm not sure if she was on the ground i heard that she had her in a defenseless uh, position and was getting ready to strike and the police officer shot her and killed her and lebron james is putting up tweets saying you're next which goes to show if you're if you're an athlete just keep your mouth shut and shoot the basketball dude or pass the football or hit the baseball leave that other stuff alone let's let's let uh, the people that be that are in 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 uh, the position to make those decisions make their decisions and then have to answer uh for their decisions but candace uh came out everybody knows candace owens she posted she was in the process of killing all caps another human being you are a loser all capitalized for defending this criminal the police officer is a hero he saved a black life and davy uh, daily caller is re- uh, talking that the people who live in the neighborhood uh see this police officer as a hero which he was he saved other people's lives so uh i just wish lebron shoots his mouth off just go shoot a basketball dude I mean, that's that's what I wish he would do. Uh, I watched the news the other day, the sports talk, all right, and I finally get went away from it because they were talking about Floyd more than they were talking about the scores from the night before. Not saying that the Floyd uh, verdict wasn't important. It should have been, you know, mentioned, but it shouldn't have been the overriding theme of a sports talk show. Sorry, you're in sports talk. If you don't want to be in sports talk, come on over on my side of the aisle and be a political right. you know, talker. And get on talk radio. I think if these incidents have shown us anything, it's that we ought to sit back until the facts come in. I know after the verdict came out over uh, Derek Chauvin, I had some friends on social media, uh, some that loved the verdict and, and some that didn't. And there was a couple of them I know. The only thing those people had in common is I know they did not watch a second of the trial. Right. They just saw the headline, and then they came out with their opinion on it. And these things are so nuanced. And often what we hear at the start, you know, sometimes isn't how these how these incidents end. I, there have been differing reports that the 15-year-old girl was initially the one being attacked and that she called the police. Yeah. 
And and so I, you, we don't know what's going to happen. We all we do know is in some incidents, like Michael Brown, for instance, the uh, really the first national, uh, you yeah, know, going back like to Ferguson. This, that's where the hands up, don't shoot narrative is. And I used narrative because it was in fact in court proved not to be true. That's right. Five black eyewitnesses on the scene said it was not true. The Eric Holder Department of Justice said hands up, don't shoot was not true. But yet you even heard it from. Uh, Al Sharpton and Nancy Pelosi referenced in the verdict. They included Michael Brown in the long list of of African-American young folks that have been killed by police. And and he was assaulting the police is what the Eric Holder Department of Justice, the conclusion they had reached. So these incidents are always more nuanced than they seem. Uh, And and you're never going to have as full of a story as those that are in the courtroom. All right, Jr. we're going to take a break for news. And when we come back, you get to weigh in on this story as well. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, it's 6.30. Hey, I got a question for you. Do you have questions about filing for Social Security? You know, we've been talking about retirement with David Lucas. Well, he asked you that question. What are you going to do about Social Security? You can get all the amp answers uh, from David in a easy-to-understand booklet that he's got called Your Guide to Social Security. Uh, The 27-page booklet outlines what you need to know about Social Security. It could help you get even more income when you file for Social Security. If you're within five years of filing for your Social Security, get this free booklet by calling 501-222-3315. As a bonus you'll receive a free customized Social Security analysis that pinpoints the optimal time to wring every nickel out of your benefits. And I don't have any problem saying it that way because you've paid for it all your life. Uh, Pick up the phone, call them now, 501-222-3315. That's uh, 501-222-3315. So, I asked Seth this question. Let me ask you, Jr. Your thoughts about this uh, this this girl, and how do we get around this stuff uh, in our society now? That just because a perpetrator, somebody who's doing something evil, uh, gets shot, that somehow it's a racist intent to uh, shooting. Well, I think Seth, you know. Uh, was right. You know, just the, the nuanced part about it. Very seldom do. I mean, look, I think the George Floyd situation was, uh, was just very different from what we, I mean, look, we were all stuck at home. Everybody was on their computer. We had a nine minute video where people could just watch the entire thing happen. Um, I, I just, I think a lot of, and we found out more about the situation like prior to George Floyd, being killed, we found out more about, you know, why the police were there in the first place. It took time for us to figure out exactly what happened in, in, in that particular um, scenario. And so I, I, to Seth's point, I think there's, there's going to be in the coming days, we'll find out more information, but, but to your question, Dave, I just think it's a, um, we have it's such a toxic culture right now with with cancel culture people are afraid to speak their minds or have an opinion if they have the wrong opinion they're shut down they could lose their 
they could lose relationships. They could lose their business, their job. It's it's crazy, and and I'm not sure how we get out of that right now because I do think it's sort of um, it's a real fear for a lot of folks. And and what I hate for our police officers is that uh, you're right, Dave. There's 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 a there's some bad apples out there, but it's not the entire bunch by any stretch. I mean, these are incredibly good and brave people that yes. put on that uniform every day with with the potential that they're not coming home that night. And, and so, uh, and I'll say this about LeBron James. Uh, it's very easy to, uh, speak up and, 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 you know, spout off something on Twitter about a situation that you don't know all the details with but what LeBron James has never had to experience is making a split second decision when your life is on the line. Um, and, and that's where I, or somebody else's or somebody else's, but that's the context that we all need to sort of look at this as these police officers have to make a split second decision, uh, knowing that, you know, their ultimate goal is to go back home and see their family when their shift is over. Right. And so when you're in a situation where do you, or, or, or protecting somebody else, do you, I mean, w- mistakes are made, certainly, but anyone that wants to, like, uh, you know, throw rocks at a glass house at police officers because of a split-second decision they made, I just think that, to me, is probably one of the more um, arrogant stances and, and just, honestly, quite frankly, just ludicrous because you haven't put yourself in that situation before. So just stop it. I mean, you know, that's that's kind of that's that's my message there to LeBron. I'm sure he's watching. I'm sure he's listening this morning. So. Yeah, he is. He's, he he yeah, doesn't miss absolutely. an episode of uh, right. of our show. By the way, to make matters worse, did you hear what the White House press secretary said about the shooting? Mm-mm. She added to the vitriol and confusion by calling the shooting an example of systematic racism. I mean that those are the two. Uh, watchwords right now in the Biden uh, administration. Right. An administration that, you know, they're woke, be, man. Right. And should be very aware that sometimes these facts do change as you get as you get down the fact finding right. road back to, again, the Eric Holder Department of Justice reaching a conclusion totally different from what the national narrative was on Michael Brown in Ferguson. Um, you know, when we look at incidents like these, you, of course, we, we sort of lump them all together, and we've got to be do as a society, learn better to be able to extract them. You know, another one was Officer Potter, who uh, had a suspect that was attempting to flee, and she yells out, taser, taser, yeah. and then didn't have a hold of her taser, uh, pulls the trigger on it, and then exclaims, you know, my God, what have I done? I thought I had my taser. All uh-huh. right there, you know, on video. And we lump that in with Derek Chauvin, who is, you know, for nine minutes, you know, for Got four minutes, on somebody's, somebody's responsive, throat. right. And then for another four minutes, he's not. And it makes me wonder if we didn't have video of both of these incidents, you might lump them together as an officer killing somebody. And it's totally different. If it wasn't for the video evidence in the Chauvin trial, the only evidence you would have in court were the story of the cop, the story of the eyewitnesses and toxicology reports. And Listen, was George Floyd a good and perfect person? 
No. We clearly had an addiction problem. Did that mean he deserved to die? No. Absolutely not. You know, and I think the first four minutes of force uh, may have been justified, but it's the four minutes that preceded that when he's unresponsive and when an EMT is there saying, please let me treat him. I'm an ENT. Do you not see that he's unresponsive? And for four minutes, he stays in the position that he's in. And so, I, of course, very thankful that we have the video evidence in, in both of those situations. And by the way, police want body cameras. They want for, for well, the body cam- This cop had a body camera on. It shows that clear as day this right. girl had a knife Swing was getting ready somebody. to kill this girl. Yeah. So uh, I think he did the right thing. Uh, I've read what Katie Pavlich had to say, and I think what she said is very indicative of how we all should be approaching this subject. Katie Pavlich said last month in Washington, D.C., a 15-year-old and a 13-year-old carjacked a Pakistani immigrant mm-hmm. and killed him. Yesterday, uh in Cincinnati, a 16-year-old girl attempted, attempted uh, or pardon me, a 13-year-old girl stabbed another 13-year-old girl. And then uh, go back to this story we're talking about. A 16-year-old girl attempted to stab another girl, resulting in her own death. And people are blaming the cops. How about asking why these kids are behaving this way? Good question. Well, you want to talk about tone deaf back to the incident with the Pakistani. I think he was an Uber driver who was carjacked, and it's all on video. Yep. And they go driving off with him uh, him hanging on the car and then slings him around after they wreck the car just around the corner. And then the mayor of D.C., Muriel Bowser, her office puts out a tweet the next day that in essence was like uh, car safety, how, how to, uh, you know, make sure that – Here's the things basically not to do to get carjacked, as if it was his fault that he got carjacked, as if this Pakistani man should have done something different so as to not had his life taken, you know, right before him. Maybe he should have just given over his car, I guess, is what is what she was insinuating. And that's amazing to me. It really is. All right. So Heather McDonald wrote an article and said America's cities did not burn last night. But the terrified preparations in Minneapolis and elsewhere in anticipation of the George Floyd verdict uh, with the razor wire, the activation National Guard, the declaration in Minnesota of a peacetime emergency, the fortified police presence, the curfews, the cancellations of school, the boarded up businesses, raise serious questions about the rule of law in the United States. Let me add to that. They shut down the uh, session at Capitol and Big Mac building because of the George Floyd uh, verdict. Our state senators and state representatives were told not to come in to, to Little Rock to that. They were afraid about what might happen here. Had the jury failed to convict the police officer, uh, on all three counts, the ensuing, uh, ensuing riots would likely have made the the riots of 2020 look like a camp, a Girl Scout campfire. This likely outcome was evident long before Congresswoman Maxine Waters encouraged such violence over the weekend. Last year's precedent, the ensuing 12 months of wildly inaccurate rhetoric about white supremacy 
and the recent looting in Brooklyn uh, Center, Minnesota, over a fatal police shooting made such rioting a virtual certainty. That inflammatory rhetoric poured forth from every institution in the country, from the presidency, Congress, corporations, law firms, banks, tech companies, academia, and the public school system. The mainstream media pounded home the narrative about unchanging black oppression. And even after the verdict, the White House, perhaps that, that name will be gone in another year, and the press have doubled down on the systematic racism concept despite the coordinated effort to convict among Minnesota's public officials and the state's most prestigious members of the private bar. I mean, think what she's saying is absolutely true. And that whole thing about the, uh, the White House, get ready for it. Cancel culture is going to bring this up. Why is it called the White House? Well, it's painted white, but why is it called the White House? You know, I it, I don't know where we go in this country. I just think that racism and the way people are reacting to what they perceive as racism and uh, that I know of people that went through the 60s and, and the civil rights movement, they don't even see what they're saying as racism as being racism. Uh, I don't know what where we're going to go with this. I just hope that we get get our heads around it and get right concerning it. A quick break, and then we'll finish up uh, uh, an interview with the uh, governor the other day. My Roby Brock was an interesting interview, and we'll uh, talk a little bit about that when we come back. East End Towing, we want to again welcome them today to the Dave Ellswick Show. They're one of our, our sponsors of the show. We appreciate them doing this. They want to talk to you a little bit about road safety. It's something that you need to take into mind. And, uh, you know, what do you do with a broken down car? You're driving down the road. Your car, you know, I don't know, blows a, a flat or the water pump goes out. You got to pull to the side. Uh, well, They'll tell you what you should do is if you can uh, pull yourself into a parking lot or get yourself, if you can, on the right shoulder of the road. Uh, make sure there's no hazards on the road where you're pulling over. Know that tow operators have been killed just trying to help stranded motorists out on the road because of some of us uh, don't pull over into the other lane and things of that nature and and give some room for people to do their work. And uh, keep on uh, your eye on the uh, program. You might want to Google this and look it over. Slow down, move over uh, is what they're saying. And, th- and that's what you do. Anytime I see flashing lights, and now most tow trucks have flashing lights. And if I see those uh, orange or yellowish lights flashing, I get in the other lane because I know there's somebody may have their butt hanging out in the road. I mean, I understand how that can be. So be careful out on the road and, you know, be careful that you don't infringe on the stuff that other people are doing to help other people. That's East End Towing. No matter the situation, East End Towing can handle it. And they've got all the answers to the way that needs to be done. You can call East End Towing today if you need them, 501 888-8849. Write it on a piece of paper. Keep it somewhere. Put it on your phone. 
Put it somewhere where you can reach this. 501-888-8849. That's East End Towing. All right, let's get back to the final few moments that we have. Boy, this show has gone really fast, guys. I mean, really fast. The uh, The governor gave a interview to Roby Brock, and it was kind of an interesting uh, uh, interview. Roby Brock said in the very first paragraph, and Jr., you probably know the governor better than Seth or I do because you worked with him so closely, uh, that he hadn't announced yet that he's going to run for president. Do you expect that to happen with the governor? I can tell you that the governor is, uh, I mean, you got to remember, he has been a, a part of the sort of public debate uh, for decades. Um, and I think it's something that uh, he truly uh, enjoys and, and also feels uh, called to do, which is, and especially right now, we have a very um, uh, sort of ever-changing Republican Party. And I think that uh, Governor Hutchinson has uh, a lot of uh, thoughts on sort of how we should move forward as a party. Uh, and I think that's uh, something that should absolutely be welcomed to the national debate. You know, I think right now uh, that's his focus heading into 2022 is to um, obviously, you know, have a, uh, a national voice uh, to help Republicans get elected. And then after that, you know, that's a decision that he'll have to make. But I, I do know that you know, when you spend, you know, essentially the last 40 years building the Republican Party in Arkansas uh, and having sort of uh, done everything that Governor Hutchinson has done. I mean, we're talking about, you know, uh, you know, running for statewide office, being the party chair, being in Congress, the impeachment manager, DEA, Homeland Security, now the governor of Arkansas. I mean, he uh, he's touched on a lot of different uh, areas. And so I think public service is just in his blood. And I think you'll continue to see that from, from him in some capacity after he finishes with the governor. Okay. What do you think, Seth? You know, Asa Hutchinson has had a very interesting seat in history for almost his entire career. Not only was he the youngest attorney appointed by Ronald Reagan, uh, you know, just, I think it was yesterday was the anniversary of the arrest of you know, the covenant, the arm and the sword of the Lord or the white supremacist group here in Arkansas that, you know, he was thrown a flak jacket for and and negotiated that that standoff. And you look at the fact he was elected to Congress and later would serve as an impeachment manager against a president, popular president of his own state, different parties. He would be the spokesperson for the National Rifle Association after the shooting at Sandy Hook. Uh, you, you, it's hard to say the worst shooting in our country's history. You don't want to rank them, but certainly a, a very tense time for the country. He lost his first race for governor to Mike Beebe, but then in his reelection campaign would win more votes uh, than any of his predecessors, a higher percentage of the vote than any of his predecessors in more counties than any other Republican. He has always had a seat at the table, even after 9-11, the first undersecretary for border security after the Department of Homeland Security was formed. So when history has happened, Asa Hutchinson has been there. He will later this year become the head of the National Governors Association, uh, a very, you know, impactful role leading the national discourse of of everyday issues in the country, right? And so 
I think when it, when you look at the future, and I, I know the governor would certainly say this, he's very focused on now, and I I believe that he I think he is. But you always have to keep an eye on what's ahead. And I say, you know, to anybody, you always keep options open if you have those options. And is it president? Is it a cabinet secretary role? Is it you know being uh, once again maybe a leading voice? We see somebody like Mike Pence that is a leading role at the Heritage Foundation. You see Scott Walker. Is it the Young Americans Foundation? So there are. Uh, roles related to policy and leading in the future that aren't the presidency. Uh, but I think you just don't know what the country is going to be looking for, what the party is going to be looking for in a primary. Right at this point, before the 2016 election, who would have thought Donald Trump, you know, and, and we use that example a lot and probably will for decades as the you just never know. But truly, I don't think you know what the moment will call for. You know, Joe Biden didn't know we'd be talking about Ukraine Four months in, it came up not at all, hardly on the tra- on the campaign trail, other than the impeachment discussion. He was trying to stay away from it as much as he could because of his son. Right. And so, I, you know, you never say never. Uh, but my advice to anybody in, in politics is don't ever take options off because you just don't know. I have heard plenty of people say, I will never do this. I said I would never go and work in D.C. And then I did. You know, I, yeah, I've said, you did. I've said I, I would never do plenty of things. And in 25 years, I've contradicted myself a lot. <laughs> just 25 years. Man, what does that mean for your next 75? It's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Jr. When we uh, when we return next Thursday, uh, let's let's delve into this a little deeper because this with uh, you know Ace out there talking about what he wants to do, and uh, Donald Trump is saying that uh, I think when he did his interview with Hannity, pretty much said I think I'm going to run again. Uh, if that happens, I mean, where is the Republican Party? I mean, what is the party thinking? Let's talk about that next week, we shall we, guys? Yeah, we, we may need a full three hours for that one. <laughs> yeah, we might. That's true. Thanks a lot, Jr. I appreciate you. Have a great All afternoon. Right. Seth, same thing. Happy birthday. Thank you. Happy 25th birthday to Seth Mays here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, a break for the news. And when we come back, Joe and Duck will be here going to answer your car questions on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let's get back to it. If you've got a car question, we've got a phone number for you. 823 823-0965. And that'll put you in touch uh, with me so you can talk to uh, Joe or to Duck about what's going, uh, going on with your automobile, your truck, or whatever. Now, Duck does a lot of work on... Uh, diesel and the big diesels you know we're talking about the peter Bilts and all of them kenworth and western stars is it P- is it peter built that has the big bulldog on no that's mac oh is that mac okay I got, matter of fact i got one of them on my toolbox 
I got to get me one of those. I love those those hood ornaments. Do you know how much them things cost, Dave? How much? They're about three hundred dollars. Are they really for it's, the hood ornament? It's it's not even silver. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you can buy one that's gold plated too. I don't want one of those. No, I'm not interested. They're, they're in not that. real bad. Expensive, about a grand. If you get a gold one, GP, I put white walls on your tires. I I don't know. I ain't never bought one. So I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's weird. But there is a company now makes white walls for big trucks. You're kidding me. Nope. I'm glad I haven't seen it yet. I will think that is the stupidest thing I've ever seen <laughs> if I ever see it. You know, hey, just knowing it's, that it's out there now, I'm be looking. I'm be looking what they done it. was it. You can buy them either just regular black, you know, black wall, black sides, or you can take a buffer and buff the black off of it, and the white comes up. Well, that's kind of how white walls kind of were. Exactly. I mean, I remember. I there's a lot of Brillo pads that died in my hand when Scrapping I was a lot off. younger cleaning the white walls on my father's car. Well, sure. You know, the tire, uh, the rubber is actually white. They dye the rubber black to make it that color. Right. So Mm -hmm. I just remember, I I mean, I see the the white walls now, (laughs) some of them, and it looks like they got something they put on the tire. They do make them. That uh, sticks on them. But yeah, yeah, we, we always refer to that. It was referred in Chicago, and you probably heard Steve Miller sing about it being a gangster of love and that's that's what it was i mean big cadillacs with white walls on them and curb feelers <laughs> they're from chicago you gotta have curb yeah feelers, Dave. that's true that's that's that, that there's a lot to be I said bet about there's a lot that. of folks out there don't even know what that is I, well i bet you there's a lot of people out there that don't get what i'm talking about because yeah. they didn't live through it yeah it was a big deal man in the day mm-hmm I mean, everybody wanted white walls back when in the did day. It, when did it start? In the 20s? Is that when white walls started? Yeah, somewhere along in there. Actually, it started when they first started making tires because they didn't have no way to dye them yet. They were all white. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, them old Model A's, a lot of them was white. You know, yeah. the rubber was, was white on them. People don't know that. That's just, yeah. Then we went from white walls to white leather. You know, yeah. leathers on Mickey Thompson or, you know, people like him. I mean, the gangsters used to drive the cars with the big, not not the small strip of white. No, the, the two inch big ones. two inches across. Mm-hmm. And man, let me tell you, you couldn't miss those white walls. You just could not miss them. My father, he loved them. He really I'm like, did. I'm like Joe and the curb finders. Yeah, he just drive. Well, you he, know, curb, he wanted to drive out to the steel mill. Those curb finders were on there for a reason because the curbs in some of the big cities were like 12, 14 inches, inches tall. tall. Yeah. And if you got too close to them, it damaged the tire, the, the white wall, and the hubcap that was on there. I was talking about skirt. that to yeah. a guy yesterday. Yeah. Went to buy uh, my wife a new pair of shoes over Sports Authority. Mm-hmm. And this guy got into talking about how he broke his ankle. To my wife because she had broken her ankle mm-hmm. and had the surgery and he was talking about having a plate and all of that and i'm listening to him, yeah okay what about the shoes uh but anyway he lived <laughs> he lived out in la and he said the uh, curbs there he says they're not rounded at the top it's like a a 90 degree mm-hmm. you know drop and he said he got out of the car thought he was on top of the curb and really had his foot down on the gutter and when he went out uh, to get out of the car he hooked his other foot on the back of his leg 
and lost his balance and came down on it wrong and shattered his ankle. His ankle. Yeah. And yeah, because the curbs are, are tall. Mm-hmm. They are really tall. You got to be careful when you're walking out there in the cities. I always say that about growing up by Chicago is that the tallest uh, place that I ever saw in uh, in Chicago next to a mountain when I went out west was a curb. Because <laughs> up in that area, it's flat. Yeah. Big time flat. All right, enough about that. Again, the number is 8230965. Noah has a 2003 Chevy S10 LS six cylinder 4.3 liter engine. When driving the truck normally, the brakes are good for about 15, 20 minutes. After that, the truck seems to be braking by itself. If I push through, I can smell the brake pads burning. And upon inspection, after pulling over, the entire wheel and brake area feels very hot. After letting the truck sit for about 20 minutes or an hour or even overnight, the next day they're like brand new again. I purchased this vehicle used and it was sitting for a while, which I've heard is a common cause for seized pistons. I've also bled the brakes, and there was no air bubbles, although the fluid was rather dirty. Wondering if I should attempt to clean the pistons uh, just since they seem to be getting unstuck after a period of time or buy new calipers altogether. All right. Well, to start with, Dave, he can buy a whole caliper cheaper than you can buy the overhaul kit with. Okay. And if you ain't got plenty of air pressure and, and know what you're doing, you can't build them calipers anyway. And when you get them tore apart, it's going to be pitted out real bad, ain't it, Joe? Yeah. So he's probably, he's right on the problem. It's, they've been sitting a while, and it's probably got some pistons sticking, and it ain't bleeding all the way back off. Best thing you can do is put new calipers on it. Calip, buy them loaded. You'll get new pads and calipers, Go to, you know, all at one time. Just go to your local bumper-to-bumper parts store, and they'll have it for you. Yep, yep, Absolutely. You know, only other thing that'd be making those brakes hang up like that is if if, if the fluid wasn't returning, and that could be a master cylinder issue or uh, analog brakes uh, actuator. But most of the time, it's probably I'm gonna say eighty percent of the time it's a it's a caliper issue, especially when one has been setting up for a while. And he needs to flush it and clean it because he done had it hot and the fluids burn on it. That's right. So well, he already said the fluid looked dirty. Go to one wheel and just bleed and bleed until you get clean fuel, uh, fluid out of it. And then go, go to, to the, the next one. one. And when you get clean out of it, then go to the other ones. Yep. And just give it a good flush and replace the calipers and the pads, and it'll be all right. Or let me give you another suggestion. Yeah, come see one of us. Go see one of them and let <laughs> them do all of that. They'll get it done, and they won't have the problems that you probably would have. And he may wind up replacing the brake hoses too, Dave. Depending on how hot he's had them. Okay. So just keep in mind, they, they'll look at all of that. Plus, guess what? They've done this a lot more than you have. And because of that, uh, mistakes you might make, they probably won't make. So uh, just save the time and make the time to take it over to a bumper-to-bumper certified service. Center. Any one of us will take care of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Anybody, it's a bumper-to-bumper certified center. Just go on Google, type that in, bumper-to-bumper certified service center, and they will all pop up. And pick the one nearest you. That's correct. Just give them a call. 
All right, Timothy has a 2005 Chevy Malibu LS six-cylinder, three-and-a-half-liter engine. How much am I supposed to torque the steering wheel nut down to? I'm going to be replacing the airbag clock spring, but need to know the torque specs for the steering wheel nut. Do I tighten it correctly when I put the steering wheel back on? That way I'll make sure I tighten it correctly. Uh, Look through the manual and online, still couldn't find anything. My Malibu is also a V6, three and a half, not a four cylinder. I don't know why it says that. Okay. Must have been trying to change it on him. What do you guys have to say about this? Is this something that somebody should get into at home? I don't think he needs to do this job, period. No, first off, he could set the airbag off. He's not even going to get the, most likely, he's not even going to get the horn plate cover or the airbag module released and off the steering wheel because that is the hardest part of that job isn't it Doug? you got yeah it is and, and and he's got to be real careful there's procedures you have to follow dave when you have an airbag out and you put it back up and you hook electricity to it and you turn the key on so what are you supposed to do joe You're supposed to lay down the floorboard and turn it on well there there's there's several things but but he doesn't need to do this no he he, he it's probably it seems like a simple thing to do but it's not it's not because he could accidentally deploy the bag and that's not going to be good for him yeah and don't think it's easy because you saw it on youtube exactly that's fact they can go in and edit make all the you know when they got the broken nose when the when the airbag deployed and hit him in the face or shove them up in the back window yeah they can take that out of the presentation I know, but I, that, if he wants to know, I think the torque on that bolt's about 20, 22 foot pounds. I, like I was that. thinking it was around 24. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Like that. It's not It's not that all that much, but he's still going to need a tool to get to it. Once he gets the airbag module out of the way, he's still going to need a tool to remove the steering wheel. Yeah. Yep, to remove the lock. So why buy the, the tools? How, how, no, often, how often are you going to use that? He's not. One time. Yeah. That's it. All right. While we're looking at this, we've got a guy that needs calipers. We've got another guy that needs an airbag clock spring. Uh, if they bring it to you, you guys are going to go to bumper to bumper to get all this material. And uh, it's going to have a 24,000-mile, uh, two-year uh, warranty on it, unless the person's using a bumper to bumper credit card. And then they're going to give them three years and 36,000 miles. That's correct. And that's for any part. That the, in the United uh, States, the, the folks that are using these things, and you got that warranty wherever you go to. If you're somewhere, I don't know. I mean, you know, you can be out in in Camel Jerk, Iowa, or something. And bottom line, what happened is that uh, you call, and uh, they'll tell you where to take it to because they'll find somebody that's going to fix it and not charge you anything for it. If it's the part, they're going to replace it correct even if it's a labor issue they'll take care of it installation errors everybody makes mistakes but you know uh, you don't have to worry about it being the part failure or installation failure or anything like that it's it's got a two-year warranty on it for everything day that's what bumper to bumper does and you can know for a fact that your bumper to bumper certified service center will be using bumper to bumper parts that's fact that's something to keep in mind 
With that in mind, let's get to a break, and then we'll be back with more. Joe and Duck are here to answer your car questions. Again, the phone number 823-0965. When we come back, the car show's coming in August. We'll tell you a little bit about that here next on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. It is 22 minutes after 7. I'm sure many of you have questions about your cars. I mean, when I talk to other guys and stuff, cars always come up. You know, my car's doing this, my car's doing that. You know what I say now? I don't even offer a solution. (laughs) I just say, here's here's a number for Joe, here's a number for Duck. In fact, Ed Monk got a hold of me, and I gave him your phone number, Joe. Has he called you yet? Yeah, he called. Okay. Yeah. Did he, did he need some work done? Yeah, he, he needed to bring it by and let me let me do some looking at it. And, and okay. I haven't seen him yet, but as far as doing it over the telephone with him, he had something drain his battery down. Okay. I told him that's going to be, a, you know, a, probably a diagnostic situation because he had had a battery put in and he's still doing the same thing. So he's got something staying on. Yeah, it could be a door switch. Not could be anything. Turn it off. Yeah. Well, you you got to get in and, and follow the... The, uh, Sometimes, the layout of that. You know, the, according to him, is intermittent. It might go two or three days before it did it. So it's, it's you know, going to have to hook some test equipment up on it and let it set. And I told him it's going it's not going to be there for one day or one night to find the problem. No. These late model cars, you know, for folks out there that don't understand, they have so many modules on them and computers in them. We call them a, a computer's a module in our terms. But they have so many of those on there. The average new car might have as many as 23 or 4 of them. Because every switch on it's a module of some sort. And when these cars, when you pull the key out of it and you step out of it and lock the door and walk away from it, you haven't turned it off. No. You manually turned it off, but that car is going to go to sleep and it's going to take it about 30 to 45 minutes to do that. Doesn't seem possible, but I This module puts this module to sleep and that one goes to sleep and it gradually, it it, it shuts them down to where it's got to like a... And it don't cut them off all at once. Oh well, yeah, one well, it doesn't turn them all on yeah. at once. I mean, I I come out, unlock my doors to my car because I've locked them, and when you use the automatic, that, when you hit that button to unlock those doors, it starts that car waking up. Yeah, I've got to record that so that you guys can hear it. I mean, it's loud when they're when they're firing up. It's mm-hmm. really really loud. I have no idea how many of them are just starting to stretch and uh, need a cup of coffee yeah. you know whatever but uh it's really something to listen to makes me worry that they're so loud though and all cars have a draw on them don't they joke absolutely somewhere around eight to nine votes draw well, is that, is that why when is. i start my car and i look very, over very, at the battery they're already it's already charging yeah it's a very very small amp draw yeah. because but but you have memory for the radio. You have infotainment systems that have GPS and stuff in it. And you've got a, a active uh, security system there that's active all the time. It has to be a little bit awake so when you hit those buttons, it knows what's going on. Yeah, it knows that you're requesting it to do something. All so. right, so all those noises you hear, because when, when you turn my car off, I can listen to them as well, those those computers are singing to each yeah, other Yeah, starting to shut everything down yeah it sounds like the cockpit of an airplane well you know you, you you unlock your car and you go out there and you open the door up on it and before you even sit down in it you got bells dinging and whistling and stuff going off and lights on the dash coming on and 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 it knows you're in the car 
I promise to record yeah. it next week. I'll give it to Heidi. She can drop it in the computer and we can play it because and, it, and, it's loud. And another thing, too, it knows when you sit down in the seat by your weight. It knows who who's sitting in the driver's seat. How much weight do you have to put in a passenger seat to make it think that there might be somebody sitting there? A small ice chest, Dave. I think it's uh, over seven pounds. Yeah, a small ice chest. Yeah. Anything under seven pounds, they won't arm the passenger side. Okay, well, I'll tell you this much. Yeah. It can be a cell phone if you throw it onto the seat. <laughs> well, if you bounce it, yeah. <laughs> it goes. It's funny because uh, that happened to Linda the other day. She threw her phone over there, and she started going down the road and started dinging on her. Mm-hmm. And she, Well, you know Linda. She gets all uptight because – why is my car dinging at me? Telling you to buckle that seatbelt. That's what I told her. Mm-hmm. It is recognized that there's weight in the seat, mm-hmm. and somebody needs to be strapped in. That's the key. It's it's just doing what it's told to do. Well, it's the way it's programmed and, and the way it's supposed to work. So that hopefully you'll do what you're supposed to do. Oh, yeah. We've had people come in saying, you know, I can't get this noise to the seatbelt to quit and look over, and they've got a briefcase sitting in that seat. Move that in the back and watch what happens. And them eight, them yeah. uh E three fifty Ford vans and the Chevrolet vans and the Dodge vans, it actually put it in D rate. Won't run at fifty five mile an hour. Really? Yes, I've had them come through there in them wow. vans, and it'd be something in the right seat. And reach over and click seatbelt and tell them, all right now go ahead, you'll be all right. Because they have a cooler, you know, they're out delivering packages. Yeah, and they have their cooler sitting over in that seat. Sit it in the floorboard. That's what I do. So you can set it in the seat. Just put the seatbelt around it. Strap it in. I mean, your groceries will do that, too. Mm-hmm. If you go shopping, you know, and you just throw them in the passenger seat while you're driving home, ding, you, you, ding, just, you just set it off. Mm-hmm. You know, but you can strap them in, then you don't have to worry about your cantaloupes getting bruised. That's right. Or your that. bananas getting bruised. <laughs> That's it. You don't want to do that. Don't want that to happen at all. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, we've got a 2002 Nissan Altima. Uh, SE, six-cylinder, 3.5. And I love this opening part of the question. Where is it dripping from? Well, I hate to tell you this, but your car is not sitting right in front of them. So they'll take a they'll take a, 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 a knowledgeable guess at it. Let's just put it that way. They may have run into this after working on these Nissans before. And then uh, we'll talk also about a 2013 Ford F-150 FX four six-cylinder, three-and-a-half-liter engine in it. And talking about plastic pieces on the ignition coils. We'll mention that when we come back as well. Joe and Duck are here. They're ready to take your calls. All you have to do is call us, 823-0965. 823-0965. Now, you can wait a couple of moments because we're going to take a – Five minute break here. Uh, we got rush for you. We got to make some, got to make some uh, some money. And I got to tell you about PI roofing. So all that's coming first, and then we'll return with both these guys, and they'll be able to answer your questions. And first thing we will do is talk about the car show coming up in August, and when they think that maybe the uh, website will be ready for you to register your automobiles. Hey, don't forget about PI Roofing. They're ready to take care of your roof for you. All you got to do is give them a call, 707-3551, 707-3551, 
and they'll come out to your house and they'll get up on your roof they'll walk around your roof now i'll tell you this much if your roof is old let's say it's 15 18 years old they'll probably call your insurance company and ask the appraiser to join them so that they have they don't have to go up again a second time to get things taken care of because they figure if it's that age there's probably going to be some problems and uh, they'll walk around on it they'll look with the appraiser they'll come to an agreement to uh, fix whatever is necessary you'll pay your deductible and a couple of days later you'll have your roof on your house pi roofing are professionals uh they're good christian folks they don't they're not going to screw you and the people that get up on your roof know what they're doing because they test everybody that they know how to put a roof on the pi roofing way again that number 707-3551 or call or go online to uh, pi roofing.com uh, all right uh, marty i think is on the, the line let's get him in here on the dave ellswick show for joe and duck marty what's your question Hey, hey good morning, fellas. Good morning. Love your show. Very impressed with what you guys know. Wow, it's amazing. Thank you. Um, well, my question is, if I don't know, I'm trying to think the dollar amount, but let's say you had thirty-five thousand and you were going to go buy a new car, and knowing what you guys know, you know, who gives the consumer the best bang for their buck? So, if you were going to go buy a car for you or your wife, who would you be going to look at? Is this just to go back and forth to work, or to run around in, or? Well, your everyday car, you know, I don't put on a lot of miles, but, you know, um, you know, just what you know, who gives the consumer a little more? I know they're all competitive with each other, but just the way they're put together, and you know all the problems these cars have, who has the least problems, I guess. All right. Are you wanting a car or a, or a pickup truck? Oh, maybe an SUV, I guess. That's what everybody's buying. Okay. All right. I'll tell you, they'll tell you to get a GM if it's a pickup truck. Everybody that I know of in uh, uh, bumper-to-bumper certified service centers drive GMCs. All right. So with that out of the way, SUVs, guys. Yeah, I'd be looking at one of the little Toyotas. How about you, Doug? Uh, Toyota's a good brand. Uh, My wife's got a... uh, Terrain? Yeah, Terrain, a Mm 19-model Terrain. That's a GMC. Yeah, that's a GMC, General Motors product. Mm -hmm. I mean... Uh, they're all right now. They're all running about the same, ain't they, Joe? Far well, as you know, new the the newest version out. It's going to be about two or three years before we really know what it's going to go on with them. It's going to go on with them because that's that's the warranty time, and they'll they'll have corrected some things, and you know. But every manufacturer has got issues with new year models but you don't know they have an issue with it till they've been out on the road and put 30 40 50 thousand on them to the american public puts that's miles correct. on them so you know that's why they have warranties on new car vehicles you know because well, of that reason after you've, after you've mentioned that i'm afraid to ask it after you're talking gmc's but honda and kia they offer a little better bumper to bumper warranty don't they yeah. More like a five-year, eighty thousand or something like that. Is yeah, that worth I, I'm, I'm thinking gonna, about. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I've seen, I've seen a, a lot of engine issues with the Kias in the and, past two or three years, and I don't know if they've got that correct. And or the not. Hyundai, they, got, they use the same motor in them too. Yeah, so you, you, you know, I've got one at the shop that got a number three piston. It's got seventy thousand miles on it. All right, so stay American. Yes, sir. I, I, myself, yes. Well, well, even if you go. 
to a Hyundai or a, or a Kia or whatever doesn't mean everything is made overseas. That's no. correct. Uh, 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 a, right. a, a Toyota, a lot of Toyotas are at one time, they were touted as being the most American-made vehicle because they mm. were assembled in the U.S. and a lot of the parts right. were manufactured here. So, uh, you know, I, I can't. About where they're, you know, there's a lot of assembly plants in Mexico and some in Canada and some offshore and stuff like that. But. Yeah, in Arkansas, uh, Denso Corporation, they make a lot of parts for Toyota. And that's up northeast Arkansas. Actually, it's up in Osceola. They make the that's air conditioner cool. components. They make the radiator components there. And they also make a bunch of the plastic trim inside on the dash there. Okay, I drive an Acadia, just so you know, and that's a GMC. And when I I bought, like, the second year that they were out, they had a problem with their transmission. They replaced it. Uh, I've replaced it since then, and I've replaced the engine. But I've got well over 300,000 miles on my car. Wow. Uh, real quickie, uh, I always told, as far as gas mileage, that Fords and Dodge were pretty rough on gas. Has that changed? Nope. Newer cars, are they still more heavy on gas? Or is that all not true? Uh, there's still gas mileages on, like, I got a 2020. I went from a 19 to a 20. And the gas mileage on the 19 was like 17, 18, 19 miles a gallon. On this 20, it's like 16, 17. 17.1 is the best I've got on it. That's a 1500 series yeah. four-wheel drive truck. Yeah, with a 5.3 in it. So, But as far as, like, say, Ford and Dodge and Chevy are some worse than others. I mean, the reputation is they're more gas huggy. They're all going to be pretty close to the same now, day and time. Yeah, okay. you, you you can look that up and see what the you know the EPA rating is on it. But you know, don't 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 abide by that because it's always that's higher than point. what you're actually going to get. I promise. Yeah, you. that is right, a starting right. point. My wife's terrain gets gets about twenty seven miles a gallon. It's it's a little four cylinder in it. Uh, yeah. But it gets and and they've had that particular four cylinder. It's a it's a two point five in it. They've had virtually no trouble out of them. Does that does that have the turbo on it? So yes, that it you, does. You get it's like having a six cylinder. Yeah, in almost. yeah. It's a two hundred twenty four horsepower engine. Right. How they can stretch that little four cylinder like that, but but it runs good, drives good. They have virtually no trouble out of that engine. Because I've done a bunch of research before I let her buy. It, you know, before we bought it. All right. Does that help you, Marty? You guys are fantastic. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Thank we'll you, tell, we'll right. talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right. So, yeah, if you got questions, like Duck says, you can find out the information yourself, or you can just pick up your phone and punch in the number of 823-0965 while the guys are sitting here and ask them a question. And, and another thing, too, Dave, I, I've got it, and, and I know Joe does, too. We've got friends at these dealerships that we've dealt with over the years. Yeah. And I, you know, like at 2.5, I call Seth down at uh, Everett. Seth, tell me about these 2.5s before I buy one. And then he said, look, he said, I don't have no trouble out of 2.5. Now, if it's the V6, we've had some camshaft issue with them. So that's why we went ahead and bought the, the 2.5. That was the last issue I had with my uh, previous engine was a camshaft issue. I've got a 2018 mm-hmm. Dodge been tore apart now just going on the fourth week waiting on parts you know it's funny but the supply chain seems to be being more affected about what happened last year with covid19 than what happened at the very beginning of covid19 and they were put having people go home yeah now 
we're getting the 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 major part of it i i saw the good earth of course everybody knows they're a garden center uh they're having problems getting in product now because mm-hmm. they didn't have the people out growing them trace have been looking for some white dogwood trees and we've been to good earth she's been to i've took her to four or five different places that normally has them uh-huh good earth only had two and they was 350 dollars a piece and i told her no you know what else they said they said on some of this stuff it may take three years to get back to where they were before COVID nineteen. Well, you know, Dave, they got to grow them. So yeah, it takes I know, a while when, when you drop that seed in the ground. It takes a couple or three years before they get big enough to grow to well, sell. That's why they didn't hire me to help grow them. <laughs> I had a black thumb. They they would have died if if I were doing it. All right, let me tell you about Pat Davis. I talked to Pat yesterday on the phone. And he said he's amazed at the amount of people who have called him now to ask questions. And that's all I've asked you to do about Pat. Call and find out what it is that he does that can save you so much money, like no copays or 30 to 50% off of health insurance or, uh, you know, uh, the whole thing about it's actual insurance and not some kind of share plan. Now, Pat will uh, take good care of you for this. So here's the question. Here's the question for you. Are you going to just keep believing that it's too good to be true? Or are you going to do like the other people are doing now to see why I keep pushing you to go and talk to Pat Davis? Call them 501-605-6935. He's going to be on the show with me, not this Friday, uh, but uh, the Friday after. And he's bringing in his son-in-law, and we're going to sit and talk a little health insurance on the air and give you the opportunity to call in and ask him questions. Pat Davis, 501-605-6935, or on the web at yourhealthplanman.com. All right, let's get to a final uh, segment. we got 12 minutes. Now, if you call before we hit the eight-minute mark, you can get in. Uh, 8230965 and you can ask a question 8230965 cuz Duck and Joe are going to talk about what you're asking and they're going to ask you questions to ver- to clarify things for them sure. just know that it takes more than just 30 seconds typically to answer a question now before we get to talking about more questions that we've had sent to us let me ask you guys, uh, you all had a meeting on Tuesday night about the car show, which is coming up in August. What's uh, what's cooking as far as that goes, Joe? Well, everything's on track. We don't see any problems with the COVID issues unless something changes. But uh, August 28th, Saturday at the uh, Conway, Center. Yeah, at the uh, uh, event center there where they hold the uh, county fair, Partner County Fair. That's where we're going to be at, so... And it'd be kind of the same deal as before. We added one category to it. It's a four by four category, Duck. So if you if you got a raised up truck and you want to enter it, we'll have a trophy for you if you win that category. I don't know that that category would be judged off of uh, prim and proper and beautiful looks. It may be judged off of practicality and usage. And so it's going to be an intertwined mix there. Are you so. going to go out in the parking lot and let them dance? No, no. We probably won't be doing no mudding in the parking lot. <laughs> well, no, you don't have to mud. I'm, I'm just talking about making them jump and stuff. Yeah. 
be yeah. wild. These big four wheel <laughs> drives with the lift kits on them. It's it's real popular. So we're gonna we're gonna put that class in there and have a trophy for a winner of that. And yeah, I, I guess, have people call all the time. Won't know. Do you put on uh, kits? Nope. Yeah. Well, you don't do it. Nope. Is there a reason why? Uh, I just don't have enough time, Dave. Okay. Enough well, time. There, enough there's people. other issues behind yeah. that too. You know, a lot of folks out there, you know, they're not aware of the death wobble, but after they get a four or five or six inch lift kit on it, they're very aware of it. Was the center of gravity is that what you're talking no, about? It's, no, uh, it's called it's a death wobble. So we're staring at the bump, starts shaking back and forth, and you have to stop to get it to quit. Yeah, you Why? It's because of the way the suspension's set up. And uh, there are good lift kits, and there are bad lift kits, and there are good installations, there are bad installations. And if you'll look and Google it, death wobble it covers the fords the gms and the dodges all of them certain year models with certain age and it's usually not one thing that causes it to be a combination of alignment issue versus suspension versus looseness in the suspension versus the type of tire that's on it and the size of the tire and whether they so you almost have to have one person that does those kits for you well, yeah, you need to specialize in it, and then I still think you're going to have trouble because of different variables in there for as uh, – Well, just look at the alignment, Joe. Oh, yeah. I mean – There's not a lift kit manufacturer out there that will sell you a lift kit and then tell you what to set the alignments back on. Because there's nothing you know. And you change the height of a vehicle, you change that spec. Now, there's a lot of people on YouTube and out there that say, well, we've learned if you change the caster to this, it helps, and it, it'll fix it sometimes. And But it, it's an issue with the death wobble on those big old raised-up trucks, I promise you. That's the first time I've ever heard that term, death wobble. Jeep has it real bad. Yes. Even it, it only had to be lifted for Jeep to have it. No. Really? Just yes. a regular Jeep can have it? Same yep. thing with Fords, same thing with some of the GMs, and same thing with the Dodges. Yeah, if you got one throwing a fit and you go into somewhere and say, all you got to do is tell them, hey, it's got the death wobble. And Everybody you know it when it. it hits, don't you, Joe? Oh, absolutely. Oh, I mean, it absolutely It'll scare you. You'd be going 55, you. hit a bump, and get shaking so violently. Steering wheel will shake back and forth four to six inches. Wow. You'll have to hit the brakes and come to about 20 mile an hour before it'll quit yep before it calms down that's it it's a resonant vibration it just shakes back and forth whole truck goes. and once it starts the only way you can get it to quit it just slow down hit the brake and get down around 15 20 mile an hour and then it'll stop yeah which is probably not what you want to do when everybody else is traveling at 80 miles an hour exactly oh, no. exactly yeah because they're going to catch up with you real fast yeah. you better be hunting your place to pull over on side road and get off of it because it will scare your pants off yeah you you might need to change your pants. That's what you're saying to me. <laughs> but anyway, we, we before we got off on that subject, we were talking about the car show, the bumper to bumper car show. Uh, the uh, we had a discussion, Duck, about whether or not we were going to get to use their marquee sign, and I told him that guy he don't never show up there. So we're probably back to your guys again, and I told him yeah. you'd probably take care of all that. And, yeah, they. Uh, I've already spoke to Cody about it, and uh, he said. Won't be no problem. Just tell me when it's going to be and what yeah. time I got to be there. Well, no, I'll just go by and pick the truck up and take it up there. Oh, okay. The, you know, the Ford truck has got the signs that yeah. come up out of the camper shell. Yeah. You know, they said they, we could borrow that. And then they'll most likely put it on the the advertisements all around the these electronic billboards. Right. 
because all they got to do is hit one button and it puts it on like 75 of them. Wow. They'll, they'll take care of it for us. So that's good. Yeah. And we always give them a plug, you know, for, for a custom advertisement, Cody and Bill and all them down there. We do appreciate them. I mean, absolutely. I don't know what it would cost if, I, if you know, if we had to buy it, but a lot. They do it because they know that we're donating money to the Ronald McDonald House. Yeah, so. we're going to have raffles again, too, this year. Uh, what we're going to raffle off is kind of up in the air, but we're still looking at TVs again, I think. so That seems to be the big thing. And you don't have to be present to win like last year. You can be, you can fill it out. But if you fill it out and you're not there, just please make it legible where we can read it. Because if we can't read it, we're we're going to not use it I and mean, be sure yeah. and put your phone number on there yeah absolutely absolutely if you're you not there that. yeah we'll and call keep you. in mind that on that day that we have the car show we're normally on from nine to ten with car doctors we'll be on from eight o'clock to ten mm-hmm. with yes. the car doctors talking about uh the whole car show it's, and we'll yeah, get, they talked to corky's about catering about doing the yeah i think corky's have, have discussed it with him he's going to be there and uh Anyway, and I'll get in touch with few, Joe. A few little things are still not lined out all the way. Ironed yet. out everywhere, but we're we're working on it. So it's all just right. the first meeting. We got like what four months, so we'll make it. So when do you expect the uh, website to be up so people can start registering? I'm thinking for it? probably maybe thirty forty five days out. Okay, yeah, sometime in June then. Yeah, keep that in mind. Middle of June, we'll let you know. Summer you can go to it when uh, you can go to it i'll be putting it on the show we'll run ads here on the radio station i'll put it up on my uh, my facebook account as well and uh, we'll do all of that for you as uh, called for yes as time gets here so i want to ask you guys we don't nece- necessarily ever get a question <laughs> about jaguars yeah now is a jaguars a jaguar yeah either one if how how you how do you say say it it? okay i guess if you say the english version it's jaguar yeah is how they say it all right uh there's two questions here first one side windows won't work this is a 08 jaguar xkr base eight cylinder 4.2 liter i replaced the battery and now the windows won't operate the outside mirrors and door locks won't work either any suggestions well i can you know most of the same he's talking about the windows not working that's the master switch and that switch generally has got the window uh, control in it also as well as the the mirrors yes so you know most likely that's going to be in that switch the age of the vehicle it's a 2008 so that puts it pretty old now. A lot of times you have water intrusion. The window's been left down or the door's been open. It's been raining. It's got moisture in it. Contacts One thing I'd, are dirty. I'd like to know, too, Joe, yeah. did all this stuff work before you put the battery in it? Yeah. That's something that, you know, we need to know. Okay. Before you start chasing a ghost. All right. We're down to just a couple minutes. Let me get this other Jaguar. This is an XK8 1999 uh, eight-cylinder four-liter the car rides real smooth until I hit a bump. Then I hear a bang like it is bottoming out. Shocks seem okay. Have no idea what this can be. Any help would be greatly uh, appreciated. Got something in the suspension worn out. Yep. Age of that vehicle says it's probably a uh, control arm bushing or a uh, ball joint, something of that nature. All right. 
Yeah. Something that's wore out, and that's that's the banging noise he's hearing when it's bottoming out. Do you see Jaguars very often? I don't. Uh, Jaguar, that particular year model, is really bad about the rear control arms on them. The bushing's wearing out yeah. on them, and as well as the front ones, so most likely that's the issue with it. All right. Just keep it in mind and know that the folks at the Bumper to Bumper Certified Service Centers take on all cars. Uh, they might direct you over to Ryan if you got a BMW or a Mini Cooper or something like that because he likes to zero in on those. If it's a transmission problem, uh, they may zero you over to Gary over Midstate. Uh, they all know each other. They all work together. They all help each other and know that you'll get the best uh, quality workmanship you can from a bumper-to-bumper certified service center. Our thanks to bumper-to-bumper who help make this hour possible during the week and uh, to jerry roca we know you're listening thanks we appreciate you i was looking to make sure he didn't text me something (laughs) all right yeah there you go keep on uh, and google if you've got a raised up uh, truck about that death wobble that sounds that sounds very serious all right i gotta get out of here be back with you tomorrow morning at six uh in the morning and robert steinbach and chris corbett will be with me